Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Hi, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that business news. My name is Nasser Pasha. I'm Matt Staub. It's actually raining here right now, which is pretty unique for San Diego. Oh, I heard it was cloudy because I know the uh, International Space Station was uh, visible last night in San Diego for a period of time, but I wasn't sure if it was going to have cloud cover or not. Well, I didn't know that. Missed it out. I think it was last night. Thurgood makes some joke about it's cloudy here, dark skies because of the chargers possibly leaving, going to LA. That's not for sure, is it? No, but there's more stuff this week that they're trying to push it forward. So it's definitely, it wasn't a step in the right direction. I swear like six months ago or three months ago was the opposite news. Like it's more likely that they're going to stay. It's so back and forth. Like you, I mean, it's like not even almost worth following because it's so. In fact, yeah, I thought there was some kind of deal where the county and the city would have split fees for it and Qualcomm didn't want to put any much, much money if at all in it or, but it was going to be at the current location. Well, this was something in LA. They agreed to push forward with something without a vote for the public or I I don't know. It's, I barely looked into it. So not a good summary for me, but (laughs) let's get to our story today then. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about today is something you might not ever think about because you would think that it might not ever come up in a situation like this, but we're talking about rehiring clauses. So when you have a, an employee and employer, once they agree to, to part ways, they might have some sort of settlement agreement. And so one clause that's been put in some of these settlement agreements is this no rehire clause, which essentially states that the employee is not eligible to be rehired by the employer. Okay. So the reason this is getting brought up right now is there's a recent decision that I don't think really put any sort of clear cut answer to the issue, but. Let me first specify that this no hire clause is kind of a big business problem. It's It doesn't really apply to most of our listeners. It's an interesting topic nonetheless, because if you think about it, if you have a disagreement with an employee, you're just not gonna hire them again, and most likely they're not gonna go to you if you're a small, medium-sized business. But when it comes to these big enterprises that not only have a lot of different subsidiaries and, and side businesses, and also affiliates, and also they plan to acquire other businesses, these no hire clauses actually try to expand it to the widest scope possible. So it'll end up even being not only the businesses affiliates, but businesses that they may acquire in the future. So in theory, if you have this no hire clause and an employee signs this and it's enforceable, an employee works for a competitor, and then that same business acquires that competitor then the acquiring company would say, hey, you can't work here because of this agreement and you're fired. I guess that's the concern because what the specific clause isn't necessary. The idea is you're not going to be able to be eligible to be rehired by this company that we're doing this settlement agreement with. Okay, that's fine. But looking at it, it's not preventing you from you know leaving the industry as a whole. It's not preventing you from going to a competitor right then and there. But yeah, down the road, if there is some sort of merger or acquisition, something like that, it's it's a different story. Because I think the it was a medical-based case, wasn't it? Or at least the case that recently came down. It was someone in the medical industry. Which may make sense because, you know, in that kind of industry, there's not that many players. And so 
and and they're usually pretty big, you know, especially if it's a hospital or something like that. So that may have some reasoning behind it. But in California, there's business and professions code, and I think everyone should be aware of this, small to, to large businesses. Business and professions code section 16600. It specifies that unless there's an exception, okay, every contract that restricts the trade or lawful profession of any individual is void to the extent it, it is void. And so that's the default. So you have to find an exception and, and there's not that many. There's, you know, the exceptions go to like, if you sell the goodwill of a business or business acquisition, then okay, that might be enforceable or between between a partner or dissolution of a partnership, things like that, which it makes sense, but not in a em- typical employer employee capacity. I guess I'm just struggling with, I don't know why, I understand the employer's probably not happy about the situation, but I don't know why this nece- this even needs to be in the agreement at all from the get-go. I mean, it's they really don't want to hire rehire them, just don't rehire them down the road. I, I guess you'll have the argument that their circles back around and they try to get rehired and they're the most qualified candidate. And then they're saying, well, you're discriminating against me based on blah, blah, blah. And so that's that's the problem. But they don't need to explicitly put this in the in the agreement in my or in the settlement in my opinion just because it's if they don't want to rehire him just don't rehire him i agree and and it just seems as though that that's why i call this is a big a big business problem because you would only put that in there if you're concerned somehow that your company's so big that you'd have to like create a blacklist of uh, that is spread out company wide and to your affiliates that hey don't hire this person instead of having to put this into an agreement. It just seems very strange to even have it come of issue. I mean, you think you're right about that. And just to, to clarify earlier, it's the rule or the test is whether it's a restraint of substantial character. So like all law-related things, very easy test to figure out because it's very cut and dry whether something's a restraint of substantial character. And, and, and I think as a business owner, it's important to note just, you know, a lot of times we get calls and of California employers that are trying to find some way to restrict their employees after the employee leaves or is terminated. And I think it's important, this this case demonstrates that the courts are gonna try to find a way to void any kind of term that has any kind of restriction. And so the employee is always gonna be in, in favor in this position. So even if you think you found some kind of loophole most likely a court's going to interpret or going to try to interpret it in a way that's against you. And so there's not a lot of options there. I should say there are some things that you can do to restrict the things that you are concerned about, like trade secrets and things like that. But from a general perspective, California, don't even bother with it. Just assume that no non-compete is enforceable. If you're looking to expand or broaden the definition of a non-compete, then yeah, this could this could fall under that umbrella. Maybe not a normal-sized umbrella, but definitely like a, a golf umbrella, which is bigger. Yeah, golf golf umbrellas are, are fairly large, which I don't understand. I mean, what, why that's the standard? Because I don't know. Do you, do you know the, the reason? It seems strange to me. Why those umbrellas are bigger? It's good yeah, because it's got to go over their clubs. So it's got to protect that. And then the golfer, and then I guess if the caddy wants to have an umbrella or if it wants to be under there as well. But it's really because the a normal size umbrella, if, it, if it's rainy and windy, the umbrella needs to be sufficient to cover enough ground where the wind can't blow the rain and hit the clubs. But it's not like you'll be swinging a club with a 
umbrella in your hand. So in either case, you're gonna have to be exposed to the rain. And I'm just saying it's a strange standard and I think I think it needs to stop. <laughs> you're against golf umbrellas. It's ridiculous. I mean, those things are huge. Uh, I mean, I, I will I will agree that it's ridiculous when people walk around on the streets with a golf umbrella. Like that is, that's ridiculous. On a golf course, no problem. But now that I don't mind. I think when you have it on a golf course, it just makes it pretentious. So, oh, it's good. To, good to know your thoughts on that. I'm very, very passionate about it. Well, anyway, so that obviously, I'm I'm trying to make a pretty straightforward topic uh, a little light here. I mean, we've talked about non-competes in the past, but this is a little subtle. I I think the the big picture here for for our listeners is that courts are going to find ways to strike down your non-competes and. And there, there can be penalties if you just outwardly put it in there or if you require your employee to sign a non-compete and they don't and you fire them for it, there could be repercussions for that. So keep in mind. Yeah, especially in California where it's so, I think you mentioned this earlier, it's such a hot topic of voiding them at all costs, basically. If you're in Texas, New York, and other states, I mean, this is this is not even an issue. I mean, they're... I shouldn't say that. I should say that the restraints of trade are tolerated there. And so I think a no rehire clause, or I should say a rehire clause is going to is gonna have a nut, much different analysis for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think another way they could go about this. No rehire clause. Yeah, just don't rehire them. Yeah. <laughs> like I said before, you don't have an obligation to hire anyone. In fact, you can't discriminate, you know, and but a protected class, for example, is not someone that you don't like or that has caused you trouble in the past. And so that's not a you can discriminate based upon that reason. Yeah, it's not a protected class of people you don't like or based on past experiences. Unless you only, you know, dislike people of a certain race. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, actually, I, or why did you terminate, terminate them in the first place? Oh, just strictly based on their race. Yeah. <laughs> or, I, I, yeah, I, I just didn't like them. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, well, I didn't like them because they were of, of this race, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you'll probably, there'll probably be an issue. Yeah, I agree with that. You concur. All right, well, I think that's our episode. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week through the microphone. Keep us sound and keep us smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.